This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. Hello and welcome to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Coming up on the programme today, shootout success in Sarajevo. Northern Ireland produced a heroic display to seal a 4-3 shootout win over Bosnia, booking their place in next month's playoff final against Slovakia at Windsor Park. We'll hear reaction from record breaker Stephen Davis, shot stopper Bailey Peacock-Farrell and manager Ian Baraclough. Adam Leckie joins us on the show today. He's looking forward to a new campaign with a new club. The Crusaders signing will discuss his move to North Belfast, his early impressions of his new teammates, and he'll reflect on contrasting seasons with Balamini United. And there's a new contract for Nal Curry. Can Carrick Rangers build on their achievements from the previous campaign? Their manager has been rewarded with a new deal, and we'll be asking him about that and the new recruits he's brought in ahead of a return to competitive action this weekend in the County Antrim Shield. We have all that and more coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, hello and welcome along to The Score here on Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM. Now, coming up a little later in the programme, we're going to hear from the Northern Ireland camp, the reaction to last night's game. Also coming up on the show, we have Crusaders' new boy Adam Leckie and the Carrick Rangers manager, Niall Curry. But before we do that, we have to start with Northern Ireland, don't we? After that incredible shootout success in Sarajevo. And we are now joined on the programme by sports journalist Keith Bailey, who, of course, like most of the country, was watching the match. Keith, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. I mean, what a... Heart attack of a football match, first of all. It was something else, wasn't it? Um, I think most Northern Ireland fans, being realistic, and maybe some even within the camp, went into that game with kind of lowered expectations. Let's be brutally honest. We were, we were Northern Ireland were terrible um, against Norway. A month ago, obviously, a few players missing that, missing from that performance. But it, it, we weren't going into this um, in the assumption that we would win. It was always going to be a very difficult game. And you look at the quality of the players they have, Dzeko and, and Parsons playing at, at top clubs in Europe, and, and you expected um, Bosnia to win. And, and in fairness, the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, it looked, that was exactly what was going to happen. Bosnia were by far the better team. Northern Ireland were, you know, at times shambolic in that first 10 minutes. It, it, took, them, it, took, them, it took for Bosnia to score, for Northern Ireland to settle and to settle their nerves. But when Northern Ireland did settle in it, and it almost was from the moment that Josh McGuinness came so close to equalising in, in the 15th minute, they looked really good. You know, they settled well, they, they got on the ball, they used it well, they created chances, um, and they put balls under serious amounts of, amount of pressure. And when Nal McGid did equalise the, at the start of the second half, Northern Ireland were well worth that goal. Um, it, it was a... It was a much improved performance, by far the best we've we've seen um, from Northern Ireland. Um, during Ian Barclough's short tenure, um, 
it, it was it was really impressive in that second period and, and the way they they hung in through extra time. Let's face it, like extra time is not something that North Ireland are used to facing. I thought it was their first ever penalty shutout. It was it was a historic moment in in North Ireland's um, football and history. Um, and and they dealt with it really well. I mean, score four or five penalties. I thought the the players showed great, um, you know, great concentration and great bravery with those with those penalties. Obviously, George Savile missed. Um, not one of one effort he'll uh, like to remember. Bosnia, I think, is a country that doesn't seem to do him many favors. He missed a lot of chances both last night and in the the previous game. But you know, nerves stale from uh, from Liam Boyce with that last last penalty kick, and um, I think it's no more than than those players deserve because they showed tremendous heart last night, and uh, it was it was something else. Well, on Liam Boyce, you know, missed out in 2016, and, and some people thought maybe he was hard done by then. For him to be the hero here, um, it seems quite fitting. Yeah, I think Liam Boyce's international career is probably a story of frustration. Um, he probably hasn't got as many chances as he thinks he deserves, considering his club form since his move from Cliftonville. Um, and he probably has a fair point with that. Um you know, I mean, the other side of it is when he has had chances, he probably hasn't taken them. Um, and last night was just was just a nice moment for him. It probably doesn't drastically change for him, things for him in in, uh, in terms of the packing order and any Barakov's thoughts because listen, it's a penalty. It's a it's a one-off situation. It's not necessarily relevant to, to the rest of the to a normal match. But yeah, a fantastic moment for him, and I'm really pleased for him because he has. Shown up for so many squads, he's had so many occasions where he's been an unused substitute. So for him to have that moment in in the sun for Northern Ireland, I think is a great thing for him. It takes some courage from a manager to make a double change right before penalties, doesn't it? And you're basically saying we're going to sub on two guys whose first touch might be the penalty kick, which could doom us or send us through to a final and you know in that moment that you're either going to be a hero or a villain by making that decision and Ian Barclough I'm, I'm sure today like everyone is delighted that it worked out. Well I talked about the the players showing nerves of steel for taking the penalties I mean that, that was a, a really brave move from Ian Barclough that you always run the risk of upsetting the player if you take somebody off um, in the case of Jordan Jones and, and Jordan Thompson who who have been brought on and it's never it's never a nice thing to be for a sub to be subbed off but obviously the circumstances were were very different and i, I would expect both players to, to understand i was actually quite surprised because i thought jordan thompson would probably be a penalty taker himself can he's you know a sweet left foot on takes a great corner takes a great free kick well i was slightly surprised by that but you have to say fair play it worked out um connor washington and, and main voices we've already talked about both took two fantastic penalties and yeah why not you know why we've got the five subs and at the moment why not make use of it um and you have to say if you look at the subs when barakov made them how he made them you know he, he outflanked his opposite number um perfect I, I thought it was a brave tactical move and it paid dividends yeah it most certainly did and it was a night where you know at one stage when you spend a lot of the time talking before the game going right johnny evans is back this is going to be a massive boost to northern ireland and he was phenomenal but early on he has that slip which lets bosnia in and i don't know about you but i'll hold my hands up cynically part of my brain was thinking well this is definitely not going to be our night if the guy that we're banking on is slipping well yeah i mean johnny wasn't the only player that slipped last night the uh 
a pitch behaved like a Dundonald ice rink. It was, <laughs> players were slipping all over the place. Um, I don't really know what went on there. It, it looked as if it had been heavily watered. Um, it was far from ideal. Uh, for a, for a match of that stature, uh, and it cost us dearly. But you know that that goal, um, whether or not Evans would have been able to stop it, we'll never know. But it, it certainly made life a lot easier for Bosnia. But Northern have their their best defender lying on his hip uh, inside the penalty box. You know it was it was um, it was a moment that could have could have doomed Northern, as you say, because at one 0 you know, in that moment, Bosnia were well worth that goal, and Northern Ireland looked poor. They were all over the place in that first ten minutes, and that game could have very easily gone the other way. And I was, if you know, I was a Bosnian journalist, I'd be asking serious questions of the manager um, in terms of why he didn't push on at one 0 because they had control of that game, and at one 0 rather than going in for the kill, which I think they could have done, you know, they fell back and they let Northern Ireland back into it. So. There's probably questions there to be asked of, of Bosnia, but sure, we don't really care about that, do we? Lying on his hoop, is that a Shakespeare quote? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good reference. <laughs> um, the other player that deserves, of course, uh, mentioned today is Billy Peacock-Farrell. A couple of years ago, if anyone had said, Michael McGovern will be fit and able to play, but you'll not pick him as your starting keeper, you probably would have thought someone needs their head examined. But uh, yeah. Peacock Farrell is more than worthy of a starting place, as again he proved last night. Yeah, he, he did very well. Um, you know, there were times he he had a couple of handling errors, but you know he he made some good saves. He's good with his feet. Um, he's commanding, and he was excellent in the penalty shootout. He, he made a very important save that um, you know, that kind of set the tone for the shootout. Um, so I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think that he deserves cr- a lot of credit. Considering the fact he rarely plays for Burnley, you know, at least he's been promoted from third choice to second choice for this season. But, you know, the guy is not going to get a lot of game time at Burnley, um, which is frustrating because it means from Northern Ireland perspective, he's coming into games cold. You know, he probably won't play between now and the Slovakia game. So, um, you have to, you have to say fair play to him for, for his performance because it was, you know, like, like we saw in Romania a month ago, he was, he was top class and he's, probably going to be the Northern goalkeeper for, for a generation. I mean, maybe this is slightly overragging it because it was Ian Barclough's third game, but in some ways, it, it was that a, a massive moment for him, do you think, a turning point in terms of the belief outside of the camp? Because as much as the players might see and buy into it, supporters after the Norway game were definitely very nervous. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a massive moment for him. I think the Romania game was big as well in terms of getting... A draw away from home early on. I mean, I think that showed that that we are capable of of getting points on the road or or producing performances on the road, which hasn't always been the case in in Northern Ireland's history. Um, so yeah, that's that was that was a massive, massive moment for Ian Barkov. You know, it, there was a danger after the Norway game that if we were well beat, um, if we were well beat by by Bosnia, and then you've got two really difficult games coming up for Northern directly after that against Austria and Norway, that he could have a really bad start to his career as Northern manager. That's totally changed now. You know, we've got a, a final to look forward to, which is is genuinely very exciting. So that's massive for Barakov. On the Nations League games, then I mean, is this a case of wrap your best players up in cotton wool and give other people game time, or what way do you think he will approach the uh, forthcoming matches? I think you will see players rested. I think you'll see 
a bit of chopping and changing, other guys given the chance that, that maybe weren't given the chance in in Bosnia. Um, I wouldn't, if I was a Northern Ireland fan, put too much stock in those results. They're playing two, we're playing two good teams. Uh, we very well could see two defeats just because of the nature of the competition. Um, I think that's a shame. I would like to see Northern Ireland taking the Nations League as seriously as any other qualifier, but this is a strange time in, in world history and it's a strange time for for footballers, you know, it's probably not a great idea for Johnny Evans to play 180 minutes and then go back to Leicester and play another month. Um, we also want to have, you want to be in a good place with club managers and, and you know, respect their players and, and not overuse them. So I definitely think you'll see a bit of, of chopping and changing. It'll be about preparation for Slovakia. I mean, that's that's what it, it is all about now. Um, you know, the Nations League will take a bit of a back burner. And as much as anyone might look at the Nations League games, and obviously any supporter wants those matches to be won, you just need to look at the last Nations League campaign. It was you know, dubbed a disaster. Northern Ireland finish third in the Euro qualifiers and end up still in a playoff the way those fun permutations work, which I'm sure neither of us have time to explain today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's just not Northern Ireland's priority at the moment. Um, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shame, but you know, reality is we want to be there at, at Euro 2021, um, as it should probably be called. Uh, so the nation's thing is just not going to be a priority. And finally, the Slovakia game in a month's time. Feeling confident for it now after what you saw last night? Um, yes, I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and watch the highlights of. Slovakia's victory yet, but I mean, you've got to be feeling good about it. Northern Ireland performed very well. Now, Slovakia are actually higher in the world rankings than what Bosnia are, but you know, I think most people would would generally agree that, that Bosnia have a bit more quality in terms of having players like Sheffield and Passions in their team. I don't think Slovakia really have that. So I think Northern Ireland will maybe go into that game with slight favourites. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is, is debatable. Um, but listen, home advantage. Against a team that you that Northern Ireland are pretty evenly matched with, it's probably a 50-50 game. There really is no reason why Northern Ireland can't win it and qualify for the Euros. I'm sure people in Dublin just can't wait for that prospect, Northern Ireland, competing <laughs> in the Euros next summer and uh, them just having to watch on. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll, uh, that'll sting. Um, let's just hope that whoever qualifies, we're able to have fans um, in the grounds for for those games at the AV, because it would be a real shame if they were, were played behind closed doors. Yes, Northern Ireland, of course, have to beat Slovakia in the final first. We're not getting ahead of ourselves here on this score today, but Keith Bailey, thank you so much for coming on to the programme. Thank you. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, he is Crusaders' new signing, and he joins us on the programme now. Adam Leckie, I'm sure you're a happy man having made the move. Yeah, Michael. Um, yeah, just glad to get it all done and dusted, and... Um... Yeah, it's nice now to just not have to worry about it or think about it and just sort of get back, get down to playing football and, and sort of focusing on that. So, yeah, it's good to get it done. In the last six months, there's been a lot of speculation about yourself. How difficult is that to, I guess, deal with as a player when all of a sudden there's there's all this interest in you and you're trying to do your job? I, it's, it is unsettling. Uh, I must tell you the first few minutes. Um, you try your best just to forget about it and just get your head down, but I think no matter no matter how much you try, it's still always there and it's always sort of the back of your head. But um, I remember last time in the January transfer window, there was obviously a bit of speculation and I was just relieved to get it 
I remember whenever the the window closed, it was just just released to get it finished because it just sort of stopped the stopped the chat and allowed me to get back to focus on the football. But now there's no doubt it does it, as a player like it. You can't allow it to unsettle you. So um, um, that's that's what I was kind of alluding there. I'm just glad to get it all done. Best of the Crusaders now, and, and obviously I've got a, a contract there now, and just allows me to get my head down and focus on the football side of things and try and um, win as many games of football as I can, which is what all you want to think about, really. And a chance to work under another very talented manager. Yeah, no doubt. He's um, yeah, he's probably obviously one of the most successful managers in the Irish league in recent history, and um, Obviously, moving from from Balmain, I've, I've worked with David there. He's probably the, the the most successful over the years. So, no, it's yeah, I'm looking forward to, to working with Stephen closely, and I can see even from the early days, I can I can just see the hunger and the the will to win there, which is something that's that's as a player you want to see that in your manager, someone who's going to really try and push you on and and try and deliver trophies to the club. In the season before last, you were on an. Uh, an incredible title uh, challenge yourself, one that many people would never have seen coming with Balamini United. You must be hungry to be in the title picture more and, and maybe expect to be in it more with Crusaders. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, that year was brilliant. Like, you know, I didn't think anyone really um, gave us a chance to start a season and we just went we went on an incredible run and, and sort of found ourselves at the top of the league um, fighting with Linfield. So, yeah, it was brilliant to be a part of that and like, the buzz around the place whenever that was going on was fantastic and yeah, as a player, you sort of got a taste of that, and, and that's really it. You sort of want more of it. Um, unfortunately, that year we sort of maybe ran out a bit of steam in the last few games, just or just after the split, I think it was. So maybe didn't run them as close as we would have liked. But yeah, like that's really as a player, that's what you that's where you want to be involved at the end of the season. You know, you want to be stuck in the middle of your trophies and and sort of hoping by by making this move that maybe I've hopefully give myself a better chance of that. Really. How would you sum up your time at Balamina? Obviously, last season in the league um, was a season to forget for many reasons, but so close to winning an Irish Cup. Yeah, no, it's, it was crazy how I finished that season. Um, looking back on it, I've not had a good memories. Like I know we had some major disappointments. I think over that two-year spell, I think we ended up finishing runner-up in like every competition available. This, um, which is obviously. It's very disappointing not to be able to go that extra step and, and clinch the silverware. But at the same time, you know, you've got to look back at, at those cup runs and, and obviously doing, doing well in the league that season. And you have to sort of take the positives from them and try and enjoy them, you know, which, which I felt I was able to. But yeah, it just, just really sort of, sort of sticks in the back of your head that it would have been so nice to maybe just get over the line in one of those cup competitions and, and, and win something. But. Um, overall, like of nothing but good memories with Balamina and the club looked after me brilliantly up there, and and I made a lot of good friends and stuff on the team. Like, so it's no, it's a club that's going to be very close to my heart going forward. As I as I was saying, nothing but good memories. I had a little laugh looking at your Twitter bio because I'm sure the words "good touch for a big man" have been said nearly every match you've ever played that's been televised. <laughs> uh, I've heard it a few times now. If uh, I'll be honest, like, but uh, it's probably you know because most. Obviously, if you were look, to look at me in a pitch, you would probably think I'm an awkward big lump. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that does does catch a few people out. And so I've heard it a, heard it a couple of times over the years. So I think it's 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 a funny uh, just a funny tagline, isn't it? I think you know taking it in good spirits um, as you have done is a brilliant way to approach it because I know certainly I've spoken to David Jeffrey plenty of times and and he said you're far more than a, you know a big man with an okay touch. You're you're a very good technical player too. He's keen to point out. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Uh, um, yeah, like that's, 
know people probably think yeah, I'm a big target man. He's up there to, to head things and stuff. But obviously, that's that's a part of my game. But I think probably my best attributes when I get when I can get the ball in the feet, you know, and bring others into play and that. So, um, yeah, no, that's a that's a nice compliment from the big man to be fair. But I'm happy to take that. And when you're going in uh, to Crusaders, you know, I think that's probably the point you're making, Stephen Baxter, isn't it? You don't need to just lump them up at me. I've more to offer. Oh well, yeah, like, uh, I'm sure Stephen's well aware of that. You know, he's probably seen me a few times over the years, so I'm sure he knows what my strengths are. But um, yeah, it's about it's about trying to trying to work my way into the team now and trying to you know get get used to the way that the team plays, and then to probably get used to how I play as well at, at occasions. You know, it's hard to take maybe why the saddle on a Palomino again, something similar. I think I'm probably a player that you know teammates around me need to sort of um sort of just get used to playing with. So. Hopefully, I can um, find a few quick late crusaders and, and work my way into the team and, and start making an impact uh, on match days. Nothing a few goals won't sort out for you if you can get those early doors. It always helps. I uh, absolutely. I think any striker would say that if you're moving club, you know, obviously scoring scoring an early goal would help things. So now it would be lovely to, to get up and running for the season early doors and take that pressure off yourself. I suppose. It's interesting, Adam, because I certainly remember earlier in your career you were a midfielder and there was maybe a bit of resistance in your part when Gavin Dykes shoved you up top for Balna Mallard. Um, now you consider yourself a striker. You feel at home in that position? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, I played I play centre midfield the whole career probably up until maybe a six-month spell with Balna Mallard and then Obviously went away for a year or two and, and came back to Balmina as a striker. So um, it's, it's not something I've played for years and years, but it's um, sort of where I find myself. And I would say now looking back at it, it's it's probably a position where I'm more effective and more useful for a team. In fairness, um, you know, I look around, I look around every league nowadays, and you see in centre midfield you have to be, you know, you have to be as fit as a butcher's dog, and you have to be, <laughs> you have to have pace in there. And I don't know if my game suited that anymore. I think it would sort of be. Maybe a bit outdated whenever you see the likes of Leroy Muller and them boys running about. You know, you're thinking, you know, they're glad you're out of the way of midfield, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> but no, I do think, yeah, with, just with my, probably my physical attributes and I suppose maybe the style of play and stuff, I'm, I'm probably more useful to a team up front. And, you know, if, if, at the end of the day, that's what you want to do. You want to try and help your team. But at the same time, if, if I can be used elsewhere, I'd just be, be happy to get a game. So I'm uh, happy to play anywhere, really. Don't tell me your mobility's gone. I mean, you're not even thirty yet, are you? Uh, no, I haven't. It's not. It's not a matter of the pace going. We never really had pace to lose, but um, it's just uh, you just see the, the speed of these boys in there nowadays, and you're thinking, geez, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have survived in there. So um, I think that's just maybe a sign of the times. The game's changing a wee bit, but um, I'm happy enough to be the way up front now. To be fair. And uh, you're obviously stepping into a squad with plenty of talented players around you. Um, what's the early impressions been like of the the standard in the Crusaders ranks? Uh, some some brilliant players there. Like um, just stepping into into training, I've obviously been a couple of times now. It's uh, the standards standards very good. Like and sort of caught off guard nearly by the intensity of it. You know, there's boys sort of running through brick walls and training and stuff. So it's um, it might take a bit of time to get used to get up to speed, but no, there's there's a very good squad of players gathered up there, um, and you know there's there's going to be fierce competition for places in the team. And I think my the main objective, the main objective I have at the minute is just trying to get my head down and train and try and you know get myself on the pitch in the in the starting team if possible, or else you know coming off the bench and making an impact and trying to work your way into the team. But um, no, there's definitely definitely quality throughout the squad, which 
I think Stephen's sort of gathered up and he's, you know, he's really hoping that with, with that quality and strength and depth that we can go on and achieve good things this year. And just finally, Adam, have any of your old teammates at Palomina said, can't wait to get a wee kick at you when we're lining up against each other? Ah, I'm sure they're always they used, to, used to enjoy <laughs> kicking me in training, to be fair, so it used to be queuing up. So I can only imagine what a game will be like. But Who nah, was the worst for it, to be honest? Uh, there was a number of them there. He used to always try and, try and pick me on it. See, Andy McGurry used to always fancy a kick at me. Uh, only games promised me a kick as well, so I could be on the end of a few, but now, um, now they're all good lads up there. And, um, like a lot of them are close personal friends, like, so it's, um, no, I look forward to seeing them. I think we actually play follow me in the league pretty early doors, so, um, yeah, it'll be good to get back and see them so soon. We'll be watching uh, Andy's behaviour then. You know what he's like. He, he races up <laughs> behind you, Quirin, quick. Hi, uh, you need to watch him. He'll be, he'll be the one to do the sneaky kick, I would say. <laughs> Adam, it's uh, great having you on the score. I wish you the best of luck with your move. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, Michael. Cheers. Thank you. The Score with Michael Clark. Now on The Score, we have the Carrick Rangers manager, Niall Curry, joining us on the line. Niall, thanks for coming on to the show. Okay, Michael, no problem, mate. Good to be here. It's great to have you on. Obviously, no stranger to our listeners on the programme. And um, you've had a, a brilliant season with Carrick Rangers the season past. I mean, did you in your wildest dreams think that that group of players and yourself would be able to pull off the league campaign you did? Uh, simple answer to that, Michael, would be absolutely not. You know, I think um, in, in your in your own dream world, yes, would, uh, you know, everything just went... Um, as good as it could ever ever be, if uh, being honest about it, Michael. You know, it was uh, it was a wee bit surreal sometimes, but um, uh, the boys were absolutely fantastic. You know, we never let anything get us down. We stayed confident, and you know, we took our hits as you do in this league, and and moved on very quickly, and and uh, put together some great results. You know, and and uh, you know, the eighth place finish. Um, uh, I won't have anybody take that away from us. You know, it was uh, in my opinion fully, fully deserved, Michael. There was a few people getting a bit nervous when they were talking about formulas. You thought, I'm sure, do not take this eighth place away from us now. <laughs> well, the eighth place for a club like ours, Michael, is, is, is a dream come true. You know what I mean? Whenever you consider everything you're up against there. So, um, and, and as I say, it's, a, it's, a, it's an accomplishment that we're very, very, very proud of. You know, and as I say, it's going to be really hard to, to replicate that. We know that. But um, we're just going to go, uh, as we did last year, hopefully, and, and go one game at a time and take our... Take take the it very slowly, and uh, we know we've got a real difficult start, obviously in the first few games. But uh, listen, uh, for long as we continue as was last year, and our attitudes are right, and it's just a great bunch of lads, and we've, we feel as if we've strengthened things in, in regards to what we've been able to bring in. So the squad's looking a wee bit more. Uh, we've got a wee bit more depth in the squad, Michael. So hopefully that'll that'll bear fruit. And as I say, the last the wee addition, the wee Johnny Fraser there will give us. Probably what we've been missing a wee bit when, since we lost we Stuart Nixon in regards to his pace and the threat in behind. So um, hopefully uh, Johnny can hit the ground run as well. A very good uh, deal from Glenn Torren. Not the only Glenn's man to come in. Well, we got a we got a wee whiff about Big Stevie um, very very late in the day, and um, obviously you know you have to thank my chairman for that one, Michael, because. I think he, he already told me three times that the budget had gone. <laughs> so, uh, but I have to thank Glen Torn as well. You know, Glen Torn made the deal happen. You know, they were very, they were very good uh, to to both us and Stevie in regards. Stevie made it known that he wanted to come here and play, 
And yeah, I'm Glen Torn. Yeah, I have the special prayers to Glen Torn because you know they don't ever think they make that happen, and they give us a big hand and 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 making that happen. So um, yes, we're delighted to get the big man on board. You know, he gives us another bit of experience. He gives us he gives us a wee bit of everything. You know, Stevie can play in, in numerous positions. And as I said before, the squad we have now will will, will have guys who are versatile and and can play in, in different positions. So all geared up and ready to go. Hopefully, you know. So uh, yeah, we're all excited, Michael. Given everything that's going on in the world at the minute, it must be a great relief for you as a manager to be now just focusing on football and, and to have that support that you're able to strengthen your squad and, and prepare as best you can for a new season. Yeah, we're all excited. We're all really excited. You know, it's been a long, long six months now, six and a half months or whatever long it's been, but it's been horrendous. You know, um, everybody misses, you know, and I think it's great for the, for the supporters too. That You know, we're getting the game streamed. A lot of people's going to get to see the Irish League properly. And good depths now with the 60 games agreement and stuff like that on BBC. So I think that's wonderful for the game. And as I say, hopefully we can we can get um, some people through the gates. And and I think that's going to be the big the big thing for for clubs like ours. You know, we we need our supporters here. We need a bit, we need some crowds here to, to obviously you know obviously uh, help fund everything that's going on at the club. So you know we just we're just excited to get the you know everybody's really looking forward to Saturday and getting started for you know competitively you know the preseason's went on so long now make all that it's it's feels as if it's been about a three month preseason but <laughs> I think we've, we've played more games in preseason than I've, I've ever done before that's for sure but um no we're all excited and, and as I say it's uh, a it's different times but um we're really looking forward to get growth well we'll not take any excuses about lack of fitness then from you is that what you're saying well, I don't think we could go. We could, I don't think we could run them anymore, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that the fans to to get in and help, obviously finance future plans, finance that new deal of yours now. I hear Carrick need into Europe now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, uh, the problem with that there, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> the problem with that there, Michael, is the term will have to pay have to pay the money for a pro license. So. <laughs> I, I think if 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 ninth finish will do the German well. <laughs> oh, fantastic! I mean, it must be uh, a lovely thing for you as well to see how things are going with Carrick. See that support to get a three-year contract, um, because you know we've spoken about it at length before anyway. But yeah. given where you were coming into the club, you had a point to prove. You've proven it, and then some. Well, I think I think firstly, you know. I owe, I owe Carrick Rangers a hell of a lot, you know. Um, uh, I I was in a not in a great situation, obviously after the, the experience at Porter Down, and uh, you know a lot of people thought it was that was it, and I was on the on the scrap paper as I said before, Michael. But you know, Carrick gave me a, a wonderful opportunity to to get uh, get get back to what I had been doing at every other club, if if, if you know what I mean. So. Um, whenever we're talking about uh, loyalty, you know, them kind of things to me go both ways. I'm I'm more than happy that I've I hopefully have 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 replaced and and gave Carrick back everything that they wanted in regards to what I could possibly do as a manager. So you know the least I could do was commit to this club for for another three years. And, and as I say, I was absolutely delighted to. I was delighted to accept the offer. And you know, there's nothing there's nothing better uh, for a manager than to have confidence from uh, from his club and from his chairman. So as I say, as far as I was concerned, it was a no brainer, and uh, I couldn't wait to get it done. And a return to competitive action this weekend. Obviously, next week it's the league, but it's the County Antrim Shield first. 
yes, looking forward to it, you know. Um, Newton's, Newton's, you've got to be very, very careful with these types of games. Um, you know, that's what we'll be hitting home with the players in regards to, you know, we got to make sure our attitudes are right and we don't take them too lightly in, in that way. But as I said before, it's not very often I've, I've, I've worried about that with my players. Uh, Michael, they're a great, honest bunch of lads. And we're excited, and as I say, you know, this is everybody's opportunity to get into the team on Saturday. Once we go into the team on Saturday, and uh, hopefully we can have a, a real good performance. And as I say, look forward to the Linfield game. But as I said, you know, this Newton team, uh, if we're not right and our attitudes aren't right, then you, you go out of these competitions. And uh, as I say, we'll be focusing on uh, totally showing Newton the respect that they deserve and making sure um, we focus totally on, on our performance. Brilliant having you on the show as always. Best of luck for the season ahead and thanks so much for coming on now. Absolute pleasure, Michael. Great to hear you. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, now on the programme, it is time to turn our attention back to the international team and that heroic performance. It truly was, let's face it, our hearts all collectively sank when Northern Ireland went 1-0 down against Bosnia. And probably many of you feared for the worst. Could this be another Norway performance? That wasn't to be the case. They responded amazingly from the very moment they conceded. Created enough chances to win the game. But thank goodness for Nalm again. How many times over the years have we found ourselves saying that? He was on the program a few weeks ago and he popped up with that crucial goal. He did so much hard work to make it really for himself when the cross came in to put pressure on the defenders, charge his way through and smash it into the bottom corner. That gave Northern Ireland a fighting chance and they continued to fight on all the way through to that shootout where ultimately they were to be victorious. Now in the programme, we can hear first from manager Ian Barraclough. This is what he had to say speaking directly after the game. We knew it could go all the way and, and, and you know that's the preparation we did last month. It's the preparation we did when we met up. We've worked on penalties. We know our penalty takers. That's why we made the substitutions at the end of you know, the, the extra time. And, and the two lads that have come off the bench you know, had to sacrifice themselves because uh, they've not been as strong on, on the penalties. And um, decisions like that have to be made. And credit to, to the staff that have gone and worked hard on, on them areas as well. That's not accidental. That's, that, that's hard work with him. Uh, Steve Harper, the goalkeeping coach, you know, they, they've worked on that. We've worked on that as a group. We've worked on, on people being comfortable at taking them. In, in certain areas, certain positions, practice them, and 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 you know we left we, as we, said, we left no stone unturned. Second half we came out with a, a renewed vigour. We came out with um, certainly to get on the front foot. We came out with a determination to to get back in the game as early as possible, and 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 to get the goal. Niall again, you know, was delighted with his contribution throughout the night. Um, knew that his legs would probably go a little bit, but um, you know, before he came off, he had to go and score for us, and and, and he's um, he's popped up again, and and you know that's that's somebody who was probably disappointed with me last month because he never got any game time, but um, you know the, the the spirit of the lads is fantastic. They're selfless. They don't think about themselves. They 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 they, they think just of the team, and that's that's the group of players that we've got. I, I, I've got a, a group of players that I feel very comfortable with. They've 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 worked very hard since coming in on Sunday. They, um, they enjoy working together as a group. They enjoy coming and, and, and playing for the country. Uh, and I'm very lucky in that respect that I've got that type of uh, squad. And um, now looking forward to, to Sunday and then uh, Wednesday. Um, 
but we'll have to look after players. There's a, a lot of energy that's been uh, put out there tonight, and um, you know players have come off cramping up. Um, thought that Paddy had picked up an ankle injury, but he was. He said he cramped up after 80 minutes. Uh, and again, we know next month we will be that much further on as well with their fitness, their strength, and um, start looking forward to that. Yes, it's a very quick turnaround for Ian Barraclough and his players. Austria at Windsor Park on Sunday. We know there'll be supporters in attendance, 600 Northern Ireland fans able to be in the ground for that. And what a reward for fans who have missed out on matches in recent months for some of them to be able to get into Windsor Park and see this one. As Keith said earlier in the programme, perhaps we should temper our expectations for the Austria game on Sunday and the match on Wednesday away in Norway, simply for the fact that the primary focus is going to have to be Slovakia, who defeated the Republic of Ireland also on penalties, and now they are our opponents at Windsor Park in just a few weeks' time. It's exciting times to be a Northern Ireland fan once again, and it is uh, just such a great feeling to be here today doing this programme. And I don't mind telling you, as I sit here on my Northern Ireland top, talking to you about a Northern Ireland victory to set up a final. And let's now hear from the captain, shall we? 120 caps. Uh, he is a record breaker. He surpassed Pat Jennings. And Pat Jennings held the Northern Ireland appearance record for 34 years and 108 days until Stephen Davis broke it last night. That statistic from Marsha Gillespie. Where else? Thank you, Marsha. 34 years and 108 days, Pat Jennings was Northern Ireland's record appearance holder. And then Stephen Davis comes along last night and does that. And fair play to him. When you talk about servants, I mean, it doesn't even do him justice, the words that have been said. But the tributes in the days leading up to this match have just been touching and befitting and deserving. He's so worthy of it. Uh, an effective leader of men and he's been there for tough times and has led them to some great times and I think he was the first one to admit after the match the result made it a bit easier to celebrate everything that went before it. Yeah definitely I think I can enjoy it a bit, bit more now we've got the result um, as normal we, we don't do things the easy way that's for sure first half we weren't really at the races, um, but we, we, hang, we hung in there in the second half. We came out and we, we started to play a little bit and caused them a lot of problems and had a lot of good opportunities. And Listen, then once it goes to penalties, it, it can go either way, but the, the boys kept their composure. Bailey was brilliant in goal and um, lovely to be through to the, the next round. That's, that's what we were desperate for. Just how difficult was it out there? World-class opposition in the midfield against Pianos. Just tell us how difficult it was playing that game first half. Yeah, listen, I think at times we were maybe getting caught in between, um, trying to get pressure on the ball, and, and then they were, there was a lot of space for to play into to, to Jekyll for them. Um, and then whenever we didn't get tight to Pjanic, he was obviously playing um, balls through that were causing us problems. So I was trying to get that balance right. I thought we, once we got to grips with that, then uh, we started to play a little bit ourselves and impose ourselves in the game a little bit more. And um, yeah, just delighted. Listen, it's a great night for us. It's never easy coming away from home. They're a good side. And um, we look forward to November now. 
to a man. Everybody had stepped over the white line tonight, put, put a shift in. Um, how proud are you as, as captain of this team, Stephen, to, to, lead the, to lead the team and with the performances in the second half extra time? Yeah, exactly. Like That's um, something I'm very proud of, um, the character that we continue to show, that desire to go out and give it all. We said that before we went out, let's just leave everything out there. Uh, and then you can't have any regrets, and we certainly did that, and, and thankfully we got the result to go along with it. Can we... Uh, can we dare to dream again? Yeah, certainly. Listen, it's another one-off game. We're going to be at home. Um, it's going to be another a tough game. Um, but listen, there's a great card there for, for us at the end of it. And uh, we'll be doing all we can to make sure we get to the finals. The Irish FA's John Gillespie doing us a favour there and interviewing the international captain, Stephen Davis. 120 caps and counting 120 minutes played as well. He'll be hoping that caps equals minutes played thing in future internationals doesn't continue fairly exhausting on uh, the legs one would think but uh, he certainly didn't show it as uh, other players were uh, dropping like flies at one stage and you can understand why given the lack of preparation players have had compared to other seasons and then the cramming of games thereafter it is a strange time altogether but uh, well done to Stephen Davis he's certainly not stopping there when it comes to caps tied in terms of UK outfield player records now with Wayne Rooney in the number one spot and that playoff final will take him ahead of Wayne Rooney should he be fit and able to play, which of course we're hoping he will be. Uh, No suggestion at this stage that he won't. Lastly, one more interview from the Northern Ireland camp. Can you manage it? I'm sure you can. We have been watching the highlights back today. I've been enjoying uh, reliving the moments from last night and seeing different messages from players and things like that today. And um, you can't win a shootout without a goalkeeper. And it certainly helps your attacking players when they're stepping up to hit theirs that you know the keeper's made a save, as Bailey Peacock-Farrell did during the penalties and during the game, came to the rescue with some smart stops too. I thought both goalkeepers played well last night to give them their place. But uh, John, we didn't let him get off work that easy. He had one more player to interview, and that was, you've guessed it, Bailey Peacock-Farrell. Billy, a, a busy night for you in regulation time and a busy night for you extra time and, and penalties. Talk us through those those saves that you had to make during the match. Um, I can't remember the ones early on, but I remember the free kick. There was a 1v1 in the second half. Um, that was uh, that was quite quick and I managed to just make myself big. Um, and then there's a couple of routine ones here and there. But um, yeah, like I said, busy enough. And then going into the penalties that's where you've got everything to gain as a keeper you've got um, the opportunity to leave your mark on the game Give us a sense of how much prep went into the penalties for, for yourselves as goalkeepers um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of prep um, we had a system we've um, we watched the penalties tried to come up with a way that we could figure out how they were going to shape up go right left down the middle um, a couple of their players changed their minds or changed what we thought they were going to do um, but sometimes you've got a, a mixture of um, looking at the prep and then you've got feeling okay. and does that instinct play a big part Billy when you're in the moment yeah definitely um, there's so many factors for not only yourself but the, the penalty taker um, obviously it's a shootout it's a high pressure situation where's the most comfortable uh, place to p- put the penalty and that's what you've got to figure out um, with the body language the run up and the, the history um, so yeah what would it mean to you Billy I know we're only, only halfway there half the job done what would it mean to you if to qualify for a major tournament and, and, and be there at the Euros 
home. It would um, you know a great deal. Obviously, I'm one of the the new players in the squad recently since the, the Euros, and I haven't had that taste yet. And um, I'm dying for it to be honest. Um, like you said, halfway. Uh, we've got the we've got a game Sunday, and then um, the rest of the week, and then obviously the next international break is the major one. The score with Michael Clark. Well, thanks once again to our friends at the Irish Football Association, making sure we had a reaction for you here on the programme today on The Score. The thoughts of our goalkeeper, Billy Peacock-Farrell, after that victory. Now, uh, before I let you go, uh, a lot's going on, obviously, in the world of football. Not sure if you have seen uh, some of the latest news, certainly, uh, that I was sharing last night. The Northern Ireland Football League issued a new statement which uh, kind of brought us up to speed in terms of where things are. And there's a lot of moving parts still in football in Northern Ireland. I think it's fair to say, as people try to do their level best to make everything happen. But the appeals board decision relating to the PSNI's appeal over how the last season was concluded, that, we're told, is going to be announced at the start of next week. We will hear the decision there now. That does not mean necessarily that everything's concluded because... We don't know what the decision's going to be, if you understand. That has a knock-on impact for the Championship and the PIL, which is why we don't have the fixtures for the Championship and the Premier Intermediate League. Now, what we can tell you today is that the provisional start date for the Championship is now a week later than originally planned. It is going to be the 24th of October, so still a Saturday, just a week later. The Premier Intermediate League, and this is a direct quote from the Northern Ireland Football League, they say... It is more difficult to confirm a start date for the Premier Intermediate League as clubs are due to commence their Irish Cup campaign on the 17th of October, with the following weeks in October and November taken up by further rounds of the Irish Cup and or Divisional Association Cup dates. For the 2020-21 season, the NI Football League will release PIL fixtures on a more flexible basis to provide fixtures for those clubs who have been knocked out in the early rounds of the National Divisional Cup competitions so your league campaign will start when you're knocked out of a cup essentially by the looks of it but it's not going to be straightforward plain sailing and that applies as much for the people running our game as the clubs participating in it so this is literally at the hands at the moment of the IFA appeals board if they say all's done here's the decisions and no further actions to be taken Niffle can start planning the championship and the premier intermediate league seasons the championship they're at least happy to get started provisionally on the 24th. But things can move around. So we'll know more at the start of next week. And hopefully then we'll all have answers. Because a lot of you have been asking me about that. And it certainly is a massive source of frustration. And I can completely understand and sympathize why that is. Um, it is good to see some return to competitive action for more clubs this weekend. Earlier in the week, Linfield uh, dispatched PSNI in uh, the first round of the County Antrim Shield. That was a 6-0 victory for the Blues at Windsor Park. Uh, the other games that are coming up this weekend are Crusaders Harlem Wolf Welders, Dundella against Queen's University, Carrick against Newington, Glentoran against Bangor, Cliftonville host Knockbreda, Lisburn Distillery are away against Ards, and Larne welcome Ballyclare. Then the second round will take place on Tuesday. So it is, as I say, a fairly busy period of time. Those matches in the County Antrim Shield coming thick and fast for the aforementioned clubs. 
and then the Premiership Provisional Start Date, which we're hopeful that all is in place for that to happen. It's the 17th, that is next Saturday, and that looks very much like that will be the case. The Northern Ireland Football League have been uh, speaking in depth with some of their stakeholders in the last couple of days, trying to bring them up to speed. They have had a task force working behind the scenes, looking at the state of play, and you know the figures that have come out of that are incredible in terms of when you look at uh, the money involved in our game, how many people are employed in the, the local game here, you realise as much as we talk about our wee league, that actually it is a, a big, big player in sport in Northern Ireland. And, you know, maybe sometimes rather than saying our wee league, we should be looking at it and saying, well, the Irish League is the largest sports employer in Northern Ireland. You know, combined turnover Irish Premiership alone, 12 million in that region, get receipts, 2.1 million, circa that, when you add in the championship, the PIL, women's game, etc., probably 2.5 million. So there's so much happening in local football. Um, on a normal year, all that money's coming in. This year, obviously, gate receipts are going to be massively down, at least for a portion of the season. So this is a, a time when you know all of us need to appreciate the clubs are under hardship. Everyone's trying their best to get this going ahead and, and the question maybe some of you might ask is why 38 games why are they proceeding in the premiership to go for 38 games well Roy McGivern spoke about that last week in the program you might have missed it but basically that's the will of the clubs the clubs want to play a full season if they can uh, finish 22nd of May off the top of my head and then playoffs the week after that is the plan there are curtailment measures in place should they be required so there's so much going on and um, I think really as frustrating as it is for supporters who, you know, we cover this in the program and people still come back and ask questions. What's going on about this? What about the League Cup decision deferred until January? So uh, many moving parts, but the next couple of weeks we're going to see more and we're going to understand more what that looks like um, in this these most uncertain times. I'm just glad that as we sit here and we have a chat today, I can say to you that the provisional date for the Premiership is the 17th. The provisional date for the Championship is the 24th. And a flexible approach taken to the PIL because the Appeals Board decision will not be known until the start of next week. That's the week commencing the 12th of October. In case you're listening back to this as a podcast a few days from now and wondering what the lay of the land is, that is what I'm referring to there. Um, but I think we probably all need to have a bit of patience at this stage and trust that our clubs can get everything in place to uh, get themselves back on the pitch. Uh, the clubs have done so much. There's not much more the clubs can do, to be honest. As Nal Curry said, they've had the longest preseason ever and uh, they just want to be um, back to some kind of normal. But um, it is reassuring, having spoken to people in the Northern Ireland Football League and the people working on the task force in the last couple of days, to see the amount, the body of work, the research levels that have gone in um, to trying to, to move things forward here. And... Like everything at the moment, subject to change. So next week, I look forward to being back in your company and talking about the return of the league this weekend in terms of the Premiership and uh, maybe reflecting on some of the results from uh, the County Antrim Shield as well. But look, we're out of time for today. I hope that wasn't uh, like word vomit at the end there. So much to try and cram in before we run out of time. But it's great to have your company. And I think all Northern Ireland fans will certainly enjoy the rest of their weekend um, ahead of that game, of course, on Sunday night. And fingers crossed the boys can get another good result there. For now, all that remains to be said from me is enjoy your weekend of sport. It's nice to be back saying that again. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.